Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Well, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. I get to finish off our fantastic series that we've just had on Remain. We've learned so much. We've learned that faith is what we need. We need to have faith. Faith is so important. But the main thing is, who do we have faith in? We need to have faith in God. I'm feeling a bit blowy here. Were you all right on this uh, mic? Hope you can hear me, clear me. Everybody give me a lot in the room. Can you hear me clear? Good, good. Faith, we need to have faith. But we need to make sure we have faith in the right thing. We have faith in God. Hope. Hope is so important. We need to have hope. And where do we put our hope? Where do we put our trust? Our hope needs to go into God. And our expectation of that God will come through for us. And we rely on God's faithfulness to his promises. That gives us a sense of hope. That God is in charge. That God can be trusted. And we can place our hope in him. And because we have that confidence assurance, we can be ambassadors of hope for God. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Why is this the greatest? I wonder why this is the greatest that one needs to remain more than all all the other two. I give it to you and say to you that maybe some things that we can explore today of why love is the greatest. Maybe part of it is because faith can have something to do with what we're investing in. And could be a little bit about ourselves. What do we have faith in? Or hope can be a little bit about what do we put our hope in? Whereas love is not just about ourselves, but about other people and how we outwork it. Maybe love is the outworking of faith and hope. What does it look like in your day-to-day? What does it look like how you relate to other people? What does it look like how you relate to your spouse and your family and your friends? Maybe love is an outworking of faith and hope. Today we get to talk about love. So let's think and talk about love. Mother Teresa once said, the greatest disease is being unwanted, unloved, and uncared for. We can cure physical diseases with medicine, but the only cure for loneliness, despair, and hopelessness is love. The Beatles said, all you need is love. All you need is love. I can't sing, I know. But Elvis also told us that they can't, he can't stop falling in love with you. It was actually the song that our daughter Megan and Josh walked down. Megan walked down the altar. I can't help falling in love with you. So is that what love is all about? You can fall in and out of it. You really need it. It's the thing that whole humanity actually needs in order to function. Is this truly what love is all about? We absolutely is essential 
to life. Can we really love people back to life? Can love really be so powerful that it can be really the answer to humanity? Well, we won't put our thoughts on Mother Teresa and the Beatles to find out about love. We'll look to the word of God that is our basis and our rock that will tell us about love. And this beautiful passage of 1 Corinthians 13 is not just to be read at weddings. It's to be read daily to find out what love is all about. And it says in 1 Corinthians 13, and if you've got your version app open, you've got all the references there, follow along with me. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. I'm proposing you to do today that love not only, not only is what, I'm, what I believe, but also about what I do, how I live, how I treat other people. Jesus taught us that the greatest commandments were love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. There it is. It's love, again, basis on love. You know, as I was preparing this word, and I was, I was putting the preparation time, and I was thinking and praying and reading around this subject, there was a knock on the door, and a young couple came to our house and they were coming to collect the food that had been delivered the night before by our faithful volunteers, who most nights of the week we get a knock on the door about quarter to ten in the evening, and we get food dropped off at our home. And it's from all the local supermarkets around the area, and we often have a porch load full of bread or salad or things that the supermarkets no longer want. And then the next day, somebody may come and collect it and take it on to the C3 centre. Well, as I was preparing, this young couple was coming to collect all the food that had been dropped off. And this couple, I know, had not seen them for a few weeks, but I know, I know that they've been married recently. And I said to them, how long is it that you've been married now? He said, three weeks, with his kind of glistening eyes, you know, dewy eyes, and looking at each other, three weeks, and she hugged him and kind of sidled up to him. Three weeks, that's not long, is it? And what I didn't realize, I knew that they'd recently been married, but what I didn't realize is actually they met them, each other at the Love, Sex, and Relationship weekend that we had here at C3 last February. And in, Co in Coldham's coffee shop, he saw her standing her on her own and walked over to her and thought, nobody should be alone on a relationships weekend, uh, day. I'll go and chat to her. So he went and had a chat to her and started to get to know her. You know, as we spoke and as we chatted, they told us the story. Steve came and joined me and told us the story of how it just started off as a friendship. It started off as getting to know each other. And then you know what was beautiful? They carried on by trying to understand where their relationship, where their faith was based, where their hope was based, what their faith was like, what their thoughts and their beliefs were. And they found that there was a real synergy and they found that there was a real possibility of love to blossom. It began as a friendship 
I'm sure it moved on to blossoming into a sexual attraction for one another. And then maybe one day their love might call from them sacrifice and dedication. You see, love grows as you plant it in the right place. Love can develop and there are different types of love. It began as a friendship, but that grew and developed on the foundation of their faith. Love has different, so many different aspects to it. So many different aspects. Is love easy? No, not always. You know, one of the tough, I know that God loves me. But you know, one of the toughest times I found in my life is when I felt that God really wasn't caring for me and he was being harsh on me. It was after I'd given birth to Megan and I had a rough ride. She almost died, I almost died. And after the trauma of hospital stays and doctor's verdicts of saying there likely is long-term damage, my heart was saddened by the thoughts of a God that I thought was no longer on my side. After all, I'd been a good girl. I tried not to rock the boat and do as I'd been asked. And it was at that time I picked up a book by Henry Nguyen he explained how we like the soft side of love. We like the daisies and the sun shining and when everything's going well. I was brought up on fairy tale romance. But Jesus, he pointed out, knew the harsh reality of love. It was love that kept him on the cross for you and for me. I thought that it was too painful for love to be in operation. But God showed me that love at times deals with the tough stuff. His ways are not my ways. His ways are higher. I soon learned that my response to pain was so important. I had to allow the pain to be integrated into my life story without me becoming bitter or resentful. I learned, I learned that love has a dynamic to it that survives painful experience can actually make us stronger through it as we continue to trust and mature in our faith. Sam Chan says you'll only grow to the threshold of your pain. What does it mean? If you want to increase your capacity to lead in life, you must increase your pain tolerance, he goes on to say. Stretching and growing are painful processes, but the results are always worth it. And I want to say, if you're walking through things that are painful for you today, whether it's the loss of a beloved one, whether it's disappointment, whether it's grief, can I ask you not to close your heart to love? Can I ask you to keep your heart supple? Don't close your heart to trusting again. Don't close your heart. Allow it to be part of your story. If you let it in, grieve it, mourn it, but allow it to stretch you into the new person that God is creating you to become. I pray that hope will rise for you, that you put your hope and your trust in a God that knows the best thing for us. His ways are not always our ways, but his ways are higher. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. I'm going to look at three things that are going to highlight why I believe love is the greatest. And the first one is because love is always a choice. Love is always a choice. 
In 1 Peter it says, finally all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil and insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you are called so that you may inherit a blessing. Sometimes when something is done against us, we feel like we don't have a choice. We almost feel like that we're being controlled in some way. When somebody insults us, something does something against us, we feel like it's out, we're out of control. And almost like we react back. The natural instinct is for us to react in the way that they've hurt us. Maybe we feel out of control of the situation and so we lash back. But I want to propose to you that love always has a choice. And that we always have a choice in the way that we respond to other people. If we step back and take a step back, we can actually have a choice. You know, ultimately, we don't control anything at the end of the day. If this pandemic has shown us anything, that we are really not in control. God is in control at the end of the day. But you know what we do have a control over? We have a control over our choice of where we respond to situations. We have the power of choice. Discouragement is a choice. Retaliation is a choice. I can make the choice to rejoice, to worship, to listen, the choice to bless. It says that we are blessed in order that we can be a blessing to others. You know, when we built this place here at the C3 Center here in Cambridge, we didn't have many people who opposed us, but there was somebody in our local community who really wasn't happy about this building being built. So much so that they wrote to the council and they went to the newspapers and they really tried to make things a little bit difficult for us. And everything in us wanted to distance ourselves and think, they've not been very nice to us, they've been harsh to us, and they've really, we don't really want to have a relationship. But you know, the power of choice in order to bless became stronger than the choice to retaliate. So the first Christmas, we went round the local community and we had some hampers to give out. And Steve and I chose the home that we knew the person who was not very happy with us went on the doorstep, knocked on the door with a massive great big hamper and food and said, Happy Christmas. I hope you have a great Christmas. Flabbergasted by the fact that there was a different response to the way we've been treated. Other people built relationship, built friendship. And you know what? We won her totally over. And now she absolutely loves this church, this C3 center here in Cambridge. Love always has a choice. I guarantee if you're in a difficult relationship with anyone, there'll always be a choice to find a way to love. Because that passage says, love never fails. The second thing why I think love is the greatest is because love does. Love is a verb. It's a doing word. Henry Newhoff says, do not hesitate to love and to live deeply. As you love deeply, the ground of your heart will be broken more and more, but you will rejoice in the abundance of the fruit it will bear. 1 Peter 4 says, above all, love each other because love covers over a multitude of sins. That means we don't ignore our sins, but it means love covers Steve and I have, lived, have been married for a very long time. 
And we know each other's strengths and we know each other's weaknesses. And I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses. And I have to confess this morning to tell you that I am not the perfect wife. I know you're shocked by that. I know you don't, you know, the illusion has now been broken, but I'm not the perfect wife. Sometimes I find that I like things done quickly and I like things done efficiently and it can lead me to being a little bit short on my words and being a little bit impatient. And Steve is getting slightly deaf. It has to be admitted, he's getting slightly deaf. And at times, to be honest, I get a bit frustrated and having to repeat myself. He says, what did you say? What did you say? So, do you know what I do? I shout! I go from one extreme to another. I go from really quiet to shouting to make sure that he can hear me. He tells me that I mumble. I'm sure it's not true. It can't be possibly true, but I probably do. But you know, our love for one another chooses to cover over our mistakes and chooses to love anyway, because love does. It's active, it's growing, it stays curious in a relationship that's been, we've been married for over 30, no, not married for 35, he's known each other for over 35 years. But love covers over the multitudes of sins. You know, those, that passage there was written for the church, not just for individual relationships. The text was written for the church. What would it be like to have a church that covered one another? in love, that looked for the intention behind things that are happening rather than maybe the words or the actions, but look at the intention. Love does, it's active. Not only does love accept and protect, but it also develops and nurtures each other. What would it be like if we had a church community that not only accepted and protected, but also developed and nurtured one another. Not allowing ourselves to stay in the situation we're in, but helping us to grow into better people. It's interesting that those verses of 1 Corinthians 13 are planted in between, obviously, chapter 12 and chapter 14, but chapter 12 and chapter 14 is all about spiritual gifts. It's all about spiritual gifts. And chapter 13 is saying, don't long for spiritual gifts and lose the sense of love in it. But nevertheless, it is a focus on spiritual gifts. I wonder that this here is looking at how the body could function together, how the church could function together. Looking at your spiritual gifts and saying, what is it that God's given you? What is it my strength that I can contribute in order to, for this community, in order to, to feel safe, to feel a place where love is functioning, be a place where love is in evidence? that each and every one of us play our part, that each and every one of us has a gifting that we can bring to the table, that we can bring and help love to grow, love to be in action, love to be in function. You see, 1 Corinthians 12 describes all the spiritual gifts there, all the things that you could long for, and I won't list them all off now for save for time. But I truly believe that we all have a part to play. We all have a part to play in building up the church of God, building up his family, building up his body. And that's what the analogy is brought. It's a body of Christ. And he even says, you know, it's not that the eye that has the vision that can see where we're going. The eye is different than the hand. 
But the eye would be no good saying the eye saying, well, I don't need you, hand, because you can't see. That would be ridiculous because we need the see, we need the vision, but we also need the hands that do. No, be no point in the head who's doing the thinking, saying to the feet, I don't need you because you feet, you can't think. You're ridiculous. You're the waste of space. We don't need you. Paul's saying we need each and every part, everybody to play their part. We need the thinking, we need the brain, we need the vision, we need the sight, but we need the hands and we need the feet that are doing that, working the work. Each one playing their part, each place being significant as they come together and function as a body. You know, I would love to know what your spiritual gifts are. I would love to know what you sense that God has invested in you and what your strengths are. I've been on a journey over the years to find out what mine are. And you know, over the years, you can kind of guess and can try and find out from other people. But these days, there is a, a scientific way. There's a way of the finding out, which is really quickly, that you can do. And we've been involved for many years with a guy called Chuck Coker in Life Thrive. And he has an online version that you can find out what your spiritual gifts are. And I would love you to take that spiritual gift assessment. And I'd love you to send it back to me at spiritual.gifts at the c3 dot. UK. Got that right. Because we want something for you, not from you. We want to help you develop. We want to help you to grow. We want to help you to function in your best place within the body of Christ. I want to see three groups this week. I want you to discuss what are your spiritual gifts and how you can play your part more fully here in C3 that you can develop and that you can grow. Send them in and we'll have a conversation. Myself or the team, we will together find the best place. And maybe you're in the best place and you're functioning really well. Maybe you can help somebody else to find theirs and support them on the way. My final point is, why is love the greatest because love is a person. It says in John 4, everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. We could read 1 Corinthians 13 again and we could say, God does not fail. God is patient, God is kind. He does not envy, he does not boast, he is not proud. God is not rude, he is not self-seeking, he's not easily angered. God keeps no record of wrong. God does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. God always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. God never fails. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And you know how Jesus showed us his love? He sent Jesus to the earth for us. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. John 10.10 10 says, the thief came to still kill and destroy, but I have come to give you life and give it to the full. Jesus tells us that he is the good shepherd. He is the one that has come to find the sheep. In Jerusalem, they used to have, um, when this passage was set, they used to have a big sheep pen, and they would gather all the sheep 
overnight, they would stay and they would be protected, they would be safe. There'd be one way in and one way out. And there would be a shepherd who really loved his sheep would lie in front of that doorway and make sure the sheep were protected overnight. Jesus uses that analogy in this passage of John 10.10. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep. All the sheep would be all mixed together, but in the morning he'd wake and he'd stand up and he'd call them out by name and say, come, time to go, time to go. I don't know whether he gave them names, Fred, Joey, whether he knows their names individually or whether it was just a call. But you know, when you know Jesus, you hear his voice. And he calls the sheep and he calls them out and he says, come on, time to go. And you know, the sheep trust him. They hear his voice and they know that the shepherd is gonna take them to green pastures, gonna take them to a place of safety, to a place of food, to a place of protection. You know, I want to ask you as I close, whether you know Jesus's voice, whether you know that you can follow Jesus because the outworking of God's love for us was by sending Jesus on the earth here for us. And I'm going to ask you that maybe this might be for the first time that you might say, I want to be part of this love, this dynamic of love that's happening here, that we've been talking about this morning. That God is a love, a God that loves us. That God is a God that loves and has action involved in his love. That love never fails, that has such a dynamic to it that actually changes things, always hopes, always protects, always perseveres. I want you to close your eyes right now and I'm gonna say a prayer. I'm going to ask that maybe for you, it's the first time though you've actually heard a voice and maybe your heart's pounding right now and you think there's something different about what's being said this morning and I, I feel like I need to respond in some way. And this is for you. In your heart, or maybe if you can say out loud, say this, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I hear your voice calling me. I want to accept your love today. I want to follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Maybe that was you today. Then if that was you, let us know. Is there anyone here? Raise your hand in the room right now. That's for you. That was something that God really spoke to you this morning. Maybe it was the first time that you've prayed your prayer and you want to follow Jesus, thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Best decision, best decision. I'm going to go, let's give that young lady a round of applause, the best decision. I'm going to welcome you home today. You know, we're going to stand and I'm going to lead to the musicians tonight, uh, tonight, today. I'm going to leave the musicians to sing us a beautiful, beautiful song. And he may God minister to you through this song of the good shepherd, the love of God that he has for you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. 
Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you. Thank you.